What's going on, family? What's going on? What's going down? What's shaking? Welcome to Jonathan Souls Podcast. This is Jonathan Souls speaking with you now. As I observe the landscape of black comics and sci-fi, I see an opportunity emerging in the form of voiceover artists. Every comic book creator I talk to tells me that, you know, my comic books are just storyboards for film, for an animation, for a movie. And of course, for, you know, animation, you're going to need voiceover artists. And I want to talk to somebody who's been in the voiceover game for over 25 years. Welcome, Andrea Daniel. How you doing? I am doing well. How are you, Jonathan? I'm doing righteous. I cannot complain. I cannot complain. So yes. off mic, you know, I was telling you, you know, of my love for, you know, the human voice and, and audio. And in particular, those old timey radio programs like Gunsmoke and Dragnet that used to be on before the TV shows. And you told me that you kind of shared a love for the same content. I, I absolutely do. <laughs> wow. Wow. So tell so, so was it something that developed when you was little? Did you come in it later? Like, how did you, how did you, you can't even, I mean, you know, like how did you find these old programs? Well, it did start when I was little, um, at a certain time, I can't remember at what age I was. It was, I was a little girl, let's say pre, before preteen. So, you know, maybe <laughs> 10 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But at a certain time, you know, we would sit down to dinner and on the radio and they would play the old radio stories, okay. you know, all the old shows. And it just fascinated me that you could just listen to something and just the stories that were being told by these, by these actors. Yeah. And it just, it just conjured up all kinds of images in my head. And I thought that was the most fascinating thing that could ever happen. You could listen to something and something would pop up in your head and it's a whole show. It's a whole image, you know, a whole show going on in your head. And so um, I have a I have an affinity for that. I have an affinity for um, old movies, old black and white movies. Okay. I love. I love the black and whites, but I re uh, I got um, Sirius XM um, in my car, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a radio classics radio show. It's a uh, number one forty eight, mm -hmm. and I'm either listening to NPR or I'm listening to the old radio classics whenever I'm in my car. You can, if you ask my son, he might get sick of it whenever he's in. <laughs> I just. You get because because you get them all. You get Dragnet. You get Gunsmoke. You get Suspense. You get um, you know, the Whisperer, the Whistler. Mm -hmm. You get all, you get all of it. Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar. You read my mind. I was just thinking that. Yep, Johnny Dollar. Yeah, yeah. I I love them. I absolutely love them. And and then too, I love um, story podcasts. Mm -hmm. There, um, uh, Snap Judgment. There's the Moth Hour. There is, um, but there, there are a few of. Is uh, this American Life? Does that come on anymore? Yes, this American Life. Yep. So there's there's stories, right? And you're just listening to people telling telling stories or whatever. And um, and again, images are coming up in my head. Also, Lavar Burton Reads is another favorite of mine. Oh. Lavar, Lavar, and they're sci-fi. Lavar Burton loves sci-fi. Okay. And. He has a podcast called LeVar, LeVar Burton Reads, and it's he's reading a short story, and it's generally sci-fi. And he oh, picked. Oh, that's gangsta. I didn't know he was still. Oh, wow. Reading Rainbow for Adults? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It is great because the stories are wonderful. And the, he's had um, 
He's read. Uh, oh my gosh, they're 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 diverse. They're diverse uh, authors. Mm-hmm. You know, black authors, Asian authors, white authors, mm-hmm. and but he does have an affinity for exposing black authors, which is wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. You don't really, you don't often realize how many black authors and black writers are into sci-fi or Asian authors. They're they're into well, not necessarily. You know, the Asians are in there in it, but you you just don't realize. And he. He brings it all out. Amazing. I didn't even see, I learned something. I didn't even know that he was doing that. What does that tell you about human nature? About the, 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 the listening. Meaning meaning that, you know, we got, you know, these devices where we can talk to somebody, you know, on the other side of the planet. We're we're flying Uh in these machines. Um, We got, we got machines that are orbit the earth, but at the, at the same time, we still want to kind of sit by a fire, close our eyes, and listen yeah. to some scary stories. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The I, I always think of listening as an art because okay. you you gain so much from just being able to be still and listen. Mm-hmm. Just to because a lot of times when I'm listening to these the, to these stories, the shows on radios or the podcasts that I love, it also reminds me that I'm a creator, that uh-huh. I can, cre- that I can create stories and that I can use my voice to, to tell stories as well. Okay. Okay. Let's get into the whole voiceover piece. How did you get into voiceover as a career? As a career? Well, I'm gonna take you way back okay. when I was in, when I was in high school, I was on the high school radio show. <laughs> so- <laughs> Me too. Did you do morning announcements? <laughs> yep. <laughs> we all did that. Morning and afternoon, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then when I was in college, uh, I think it was my junior and senior year, I had a jazz radio show oh. every Wednesday. I I have always loved music. And so through the years, as, as a child, you know, into teens and all that, I I developed a record, a record collection, vinyl, right? Okay. And I... I took milk crates of my records to college with me because I had to have it. You were serious. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I, when when it was time for my radio show, I would select my music, put them in a bag, and cart it all the way across campus to the radio station. And my show was, I don't remember if it was an hour or two, but I was able to fill it. I called it I called it the Jazz Affair and I opened up oh. I opened up with um, Donald Bird's Flight Time. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Now, you yeah. know I'm about to ask you, right? I don't want to interrupt your flow, but I'm about to ask you, do you have a cassette of any of your old college shows? Oh, man, no, I don't. Oh, my God. I don't. <laughs> you just hurt my heart. Oh, sorry. I just found one. Uh-huh. I found one that, of course, that one coin is broken. <laughs> you know what I mean? The little, I can see a little spindle. But I just found one. Wow. One, one, one. And it's only like maybe 20 minutes of, uh-huh. I think, maybe like my last show. But, um, wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. Okay, keep going, keep going. So uh, uh, the Jazz Affair, which is totally brilliant. But keep going. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So I wanted to go into radio, right? But... It didn't. It didn't work out like that. I actually went into community affairs, public relations, all of that. Okay. But um, I'll, after I graduated, a few years after I graduated from college, I took an acting class. I did. I took acting classes while I was in college. Did a lot of acting in college as well. 
but um, I took an acting class a few years after I graduated from college. And after that class was over, the instructor said, I have a job for you. I have a voiceover and on-camera job for you. And I was like, oh. And it was with the, um, it was for a spot with the local utility company here in Detroit. And um, so I did it. I was on camera. I was a voiceover talent. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then I didn't do any voiceovers, any work for a long time. I got married a few year, a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. My my husband had his own video production company, so I worked with him. Oh, wow. Okay. It did uh, voiceovers with him. However, that relationship, that marriage did not work out. He was abusive and I had to leave. Oh, goodness. I'm sorry. Okay. But I'm out. It's been 26 years and all is good. Thank good, you. Good, good, good. Okay. <laughs> but all, all is good. And so I ended up getting a job with the city of Detroit um, and they have a government access channel, government cable channel. And I was uh, on camera and voiceover talent for 12 years. It was a gravy job. Wow. It was gravy, gravy, gravy. And um, so, and in between, and even since, now, even up to now, I've been getting voiceover jobs on a regular basis, but I've always had a full-time job. So I've been doing voiceover for, um, on a part-time basis, okay. always with full-time full -time jobs, but the full-time jobs have also given me opportunities to use my voiceover skills. Um, I am now working with a public public affairs firm in Detroit and I have the opportunity to work with a huge production company here to be the regular ongoing voice for a, um, a an ongoing campaign for another city of Detroit agency. So it's, it, it's like full circle, it keeps going. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So what is it about voiceover that you enjoy? Is it just like like, you, like hearing your own voice? You like the, the process of it? You like reading scripts? Like, what is it? Like, what's the nuances? It's definitely not hearing my own voice. <laughs> okay. I do not. But what I do love is the way it feels coming out. And this is totally surreal, but I love the way it feels coming out, the emotion that you can put into it, the highs and lows, all the inflections, the interpretation that goes into learning a script and what's the best way to to put to put this story out. Um, that's what I actually love about it. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Now, it's funny you mentioned the surreal part. There have been conversations and, and, and shows that, you know, kind of like a high, like I, yeah. I used to be in the Pentecostal church before I messed around and studied history. But um, <laughs> there was there were services, you know, where, you know, it was like everybody was in like this kind of emotional fervor yeah. and everything. There have yep. been interviews where we're just talking like we are now, but it, it's, it's such a flow that yep. I can't even remember what the heck I was saying mm -hmm. until I, I go back and you follow me. I know exactly what you mean. I have I have um, hosted a couple of of radio shows in, a, in over the f past few years, and um, those are the interviews that when you get into it and it happens, you yeah. get that high and, and you're lost in it. Mm -hmm. And then when you come back, it's like, and then when it's all over, it's like, this is why I'm doing. Yeah, what I'm exactly, doing. exactly. And you want to repeat it. I mean, you want every single yeah. interview to be like. Yeah. That's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Wonderful. Now, for for now, there's a lot of uh, creators in my audience, and uh -huh. I've I've noticed a pattern. They get one or two books out, and then they immediately want to do an animation, which okay. you know I don't know their business like that. It, it might be fine. Um, 
Can we talk a little bit about contacting voiceover talent? Like, yeah. uh, is it always through an agency? Is there some kind of directory uh, that y'all have? I mean, you know, if I'm doing an anime and I want to contact the voiceover artist, you know, how should I do it and what qualities should I look for? Right. Well, you don't always have to go through an agency. A lot of voiceover artists are actually not with agencies. Oh. They are, they're, you know, free flying, freelancing, doing it on their own. And sometimes you can just, you know, Google search voiceover artists and a bunch of names will come up. And, um, you know, we're, a lot of us are on our own. I don't have an agent. I'm not with an agent. I'm a freelancer. So if we have, if you know, voiceover artists should have websites because being a voiceover artist is a business. Speaking on, speaking on the business end of it, right? Mm -hmm. We're a business and there's not a, necessarily a directory. There are Facebook groups that you can look into to finding voiceover artists. Um, like I said, Google search voiceover artists. If you want vo black voiceover artists, mm -hmm. Google African-American or black voiceover artists, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so there's all kinds of ways that you can find us. There is um, a lot of voiceover artists are on Fiverr. Okay. Voiceover artists on Fiverr. There is uh, freelancer.com. Voiceover artists are on freelancer.com. There is voices one, two, three. These are, you know, pay to play sites. So you can um, find voiceover artists there. There's voices.com. You know, so there are all kinds of avenues to find a voiceover artist. And as far as what you might be looking for, you, it's really good sometimes to put in your parameters. You know, you want um, sometimes if you put in you want you're looking for an African-American voiceover artist, you might get an African-American voiceover artist. But if you want an African-American voiceover artist with an urban slant to the voice, you mm -hmm. might want that in too because all african-american voiceover artists don't necessarily sound urban mm -hmm. because we've been trained that to get a job you have to be very articulate you know and especially back in the day you wanted mm -hmm. you know a lot of they wanted us you wanted voiceover artists to not necessarily sound black unless it was a, spe a specific urban kind of of um of a job mm-hmm but you know, you can say you want an African American with an, an uh, with an urban voice, and there's a term coming up these days called black scent. Um, isn't it? I know, isn't that interesting? So mm -hmm. you you want somebody with a black scent? Uh, say that. Um, say what? Say exactly what you're looking for to get what you want, basically. Okay. Okay. Now there is one site that you overlooked, and on the AndreaDanielsVoice.com. Yes. <laughs> That's where you can find uh, this That's bright, articulate, warm voice of uh, of, of Miss Daniel. So um, uh, and not only, uh, you know, you have a bio there, you have, uh, you know, uh, audio clips and promos that she's done. And so if you're looking for somebody to, you know, add some, uh, I don't know, some regalness to your project, uh, definitely reach out to Andrea. Now you talked about a black scent, and I'm I'm amazed that you know how America can come up with every kind of euphemism for black people. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Urban, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying minority, you know, all this kind of shit. I'm not gonna get political. I promise you, I'll get political. But I think that it's amazing how many different voices we have in the African American community. So. Um, I uh, I was art director for many years, and um, 
worked out of Philly. I remember traveling to Atlanta when it was building up for the Olympics. So it kind of gives you a sense of how old I am. And um, I remember hearing those people talk with, they still had jerry curls in, in 94 and everything. And I'm like, I'm like, I felt like I was in another country. And then I traveled to uh, LA to do a photo shoot with Erica Alexander. She was on a TV show, Living Single at the time. And those black people over there had a totally different sound. Yeah. And then yeah. I go to Philadelphia downtown off of, um, was it Broad Street? Off of Broad Street to go play pool. And then I met this guy and everything was gang. Yo, what's up, gang? What's going on, gang? Da, 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 gang. I said, like, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> so how many, uh, describe the kind of voices that you hear in Detroit. Oh, you hear in Detroit. Hmm. That's interesting. Because there's a, you, you hear Southern accents in Detroit. You y'all hear... in the Midwest, right? Right. Yeah, we are. We are, but a lot of you know back in back in the um, what do they call it the um, the migration days, the Great Migration. Okay. Days, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of families came up from the South, so there are still people coming up from the South to Detroit, but they're keeping you know the accent remains. Okay. You know they so they they keep the accent and um, there are yeah you're talking you're talking regional accents. People sound like me. People sound like you. So you get a little bit of you get a little bit of everything in Detroit. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> exactly the, the only the only challenge that i imagine because i haven't done any voiceover is i want to capture that those different flavors of the black voice in north philly or uh or you know west philadelphia born and raised you know or, or something but i right. want the articulation because that's the only thing that gets lost sometimes like mm -hmm. I'm down even with the slang and the ebonics and everything. It's just that you got to be able to articulate. You got to pronounce them last two letters in the word. Can't be rounding off like sandpaper, baby. I got to hear the last two. So I know what the heck you. That's the only <laughs> challenge. But I'm, I'm very excited to hear these kinds of voices in these black productions. Yes. And if you listen these days, if you listen to commercials, mm -hmm. you know, on TV, you're going to hear a lot more of the authentic African-American sound. Mm -hmm. I'm listening, I, and I can't. Oh, man, I can't call up one particular commercial. But um, there's one and it's it's clearly, clearly an African-American woman. And she's just she's just she just sounds like a regular everyday african-american woman and you can and you can hear it there is one commercial i think it's a ford commercial that angela bassett voices oh and it's 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 very like you're saying it's very articulate but it's not over the top it's just like right there in the comfort zone where you can hear the black woman voice and it's very it's very comforting it's very warm and i'm listening and i'm listening to it i'm listening i'm like oh my gosh that's angela bassett mm -hmm. i know that's Bassett and I, I googled it, looked it up, and it's like, yep, that's her. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Do you have any uh, heroes or uh, people that you look up to in in the voiceover industry? Absolutely, definitely, Cree Summer, okay. definitely Summer, and. Ruby D back, um, you know, before she passed Ruby and after, I think after she 
uh, got out of acting so much, she started doing a lot more voiceovers. I loved hearing Ruby Dee's voice on on the air. It mm -hmm. was just it was just gorgeous. It she she like um, you know the classic and the 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 legendary voiceover voice of James Earl Jones. That yeah. depth, that depth, that warmth, the ability to um, to broadcast that story with emotion. I'm, I mean, I can imagine the director just being so absolutely pleased in the delivery and the performance when Ruby Dee and, and James Earl Jones are doing, did voiceovers. I mean, it's just, you know, just stellar. Now, Perfect. let me let me ask you now with James Earl Jones, okay? Mm -hmm. Again, he has one of those archetypical voices. Yeah. Now, I've obviously everybody knows he did the voice of, of Darth Vader and then right. people seen like coming to America and maybe you, they've seen some some documentaries or whatever he's voiced. Um, would you say that James Earl Jones has a black scent? Not necessarily. Mm. James, James Earl Jones, he has I can't I can't recall what regional tone he has to his voice. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily black scent. Nope, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, that's 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 when we when you and I talk about the nuances. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because like when he did Darth Vader, nobody thought that it was a black voice, but it was an authoritative voice. Everything, but right. You know, but if you were to close your eyes and listen to uh, you know Coming to America, <laughs> he was like. Yeah. What are you doing, with my son? You know, kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's I'm not going to maybe I think the word is transcendent. That's maybe that's all I can say. Mm -hmm. um, but, but but he's he he is an actor. Mm -hmm. That's that's acting skill to be able to, to trans. Uh, OK. And like that, that's that's an acting skill. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, Ruby D, like you mm -hmm. said, she has that classical, you know, uh, you know, African-American black woman's voice. Yeah. And, but I've heard, um, oh man, I know why the cage bird sings. My Angelo, I've yeah. heard, but she has a very distinctive, separate from Ruby D. Yes. You know what I mean? You know, kind of a thing. And then I've heard, obviously, Angela Bassett. Um, right. Cree Summer, people know her from, she used to be an uh, actress on, um, uh, spinoff, yeah. um, you know, college spinoff of the Bill Cosby show, and it's a different, um, different I world. A, I see it in my head; it's a different world. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then she did some cartoony, you know, like some some voiceover for cartoons and stuff. She still does. Yeah. Oh, she does. Cree mm -hmm. is Cree is working. Mm. Yes. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. But you, when you mentioned when you mentioned um, Maya Angelou. The thing about Maya Angelou, she's an orator. She's a she was a poet. Mm -hmm. She comes from a place of delivering her poetry, which is full of emotion, and she had that quality to her voice, much like James Earl Jones, which is warm, deep. She had that depth to it. Mm -hmm. But um, and she was also she also did some acting, but primarily she was a poet orator. Mm -hmm. Do you think that voices also carry a quality of time? Um, my daughter just sent me a clip, and uh, it was a clip of uh, of um, oh goodness, this is brain. Uh, it was an interview with Nikki Giovanni, 
and mm-hmm. James Baldwin. Oh, yes. And uh, so on YouTube, they're sitting down and they're just talking. And what my daughter said was, I love their voices. Uh-huh. So to me, when I listen to Nikki Giovanni, when I listen to, um, oh, goodness, I can see the other lady, uh, the poet. She actually lived in my neighborhood when I was in Philly. Um, Sonia Sanchez. Yes, yeah. To, to me, they have a quality to their voice. Even, you know, like a Mary Baraka. That's that yeah. 60s, 70s kind of vibration. Yeah, yeah. To, yep. to their voices. And I think that, you know, you go forward, maybe like a, a Felicia Rashad or, you know, you know, those people, you know, they have a different quality based on it. You follow what I'm saying? It's, it's real. I, yeah, I think esoteric. I do. Yeah, it is. It is esoteric. So when you're talking Nikki Giovanni, Sonia Sanchez, Amiri Baraki, Baraka, again, you have poets okay. and there's you know, social activist poets. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So they're going to deliver for you in a totally different way because. They're fighting a fight and they're using it with their voices mm. as well. They're writing about, they're writing it and they're also speaking it. But they, they have such, um, you know, such deep messages that they have to tell. So they have to pull it out with their voices. Mm-hmm. So you got, you got poets there. That's a, that's a totally, totally different thing. Now, there's one category of voiceover. I consider it voiceover. It might not be. Mm-hmm. That I do not like at all. Oh, what? <laughs> the news broadcaster. Oh, yeah. They the strip bro- all the soul out of these people. And no yeah. matter what reason of the country, they all sound the same. Yep, because they just have to do that straight delivery. They can't put any bias or emotion in their voice because they just have to deliver it straight. You yep. might as well get a robot to do it. <laughs> and you know, there's a thing. For years, that broadcaster delivery was the thing, for, for particularly for radio. But now, the thing these days is conversational quality. Just talk to me. Just talk to me in, in your in your voice. Mm-hmm. Deliver, deliver it like you're talking, but there's a skill to it because you're reading a script, and you don't want to sound like you're reading the script, but you have to be very conversational. So that's that's what you're talking about. There's two different things there is, and that's a, that's a skill that 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 has to be developed through time there were there were women that i black women that i studied here in detroit when i was when i was uh a, a, you know a young girl wanting wanting to go into this particular business the the quality and the tone of their voice they had beautiful conversational quality they were warm they were believable and i was like yep i want to be them <laughs> wow 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 so let's talk about some of the projects that you can come across as a voiceover artist. Obviously, radio is one, um, you know, uh, maybe like a reading, uh, like narrating a documentary or film is another. What other kinds of opportunities uh, or projects uh, can you uh, come across as a voiceover artist? Oh, man. Real big these days is um, audiobooks. Okay. On, on Audible, on the different uh, streaming services for for listening to books on, you know, it used to be books on tape, mm-hmm. but now it's digital books. That's a real big industry. And there are a lot of uh, voiceover artists, you know, freelancing basically, who go into that particular in part of the industry. There is also e-learning. Um, so there's, if companies want to, if a corporation wants to provide an online um 
an online lesson for their on incoming um, 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 employees, right? Mm -hmm. But they, they want to they want them to sit and listen to a particular lesson about that particular corporation. They and they want a they have somebody to write the script and they have a voiceover artist basically delivering the lesson. So that's e-learning. There is also, um, you can do virtual tours. If you go to a museum and you put on a headphone and there's somebody in your ear talking to you about a particular, particular, a particular piece of artwork, that's a voiceover artist that's doing that. There are um, message on hold, it's called IVR, inter interactive voice recording. When you call up a, a company and you hear somebody, you know, thank you for calling Jonathan Soul. He will be with you, you know, momentarily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a voiceover artist. Wow. So that's, that's, that particular uh, part of the industry is IVR or call or telephony. So, um, so there's just so many ways to be a voiceover artist. You got, like you said, you have commercials, you have, um, you know, things that you can do on TV, the internet with the advent of the internet, so much more opened up for voiceover artists. There are people doing YouTube videos. They need a, they might need a voiceover artist for something. And like you mentioned, the anime, all of that cartoons, so much, so much more is available these days. Now, when I think of, uh, you know, someone who's interested in voiceover, the first thing I might think of is, oh, goodness, I got to rent out a studio or I have to buy a whole bunch of expensive equipment. Um, Andrea, do you have like a multi-million dollar studio in your house? I mean, how, how, is, how are you set up? No, I do not have a multi-million dollar uh, set up in my, in my home. I used to I used to have to go to outside. Um, studios and I still do at times, but I converted um, a walk. It's like a, a small walk-in closet in my home into a recording booth. I, you know, I I treated it with soundproofing, and um, I got uh, a few years ago. My son got me a Rode NT one uh, A microphone, oh, so wow. I okay that. Um, I have a Focusrite preamp. I have. DAW, you know, in my computer, I use Audacity. Okay. So, yeah, it's just, but before that, um, if I, because I, I would record, I'm a poet, right? Mm -hmm. So I would, I would record my poems and then I would put music under them. But before I had the road in T, I would take my, uh, my cell phone and record into voiceover, voice memo in my closet with, um, what I would put a, a piece of clothing over my head. Wow. <laughs> you don't want you don't want your sound to be bouncing. You know you don't want your sound to be bouncing off of the wall, so it sounds all echoey and everything. So it's mm -hmm. good to have it's good to have your your space treated. And you, there are so many ways that you can treat your space. You got moving blankets. There are there are special acoustic blankets that you can also get. Um, there's a foam ball, there's a, a Kyotica eyeball or, or Alcatron foam that you can put over your microphone to, to act as um, a, a treatment for your space. So, no, you don't need a whole, whole bunch of money. To wow. And uh, family, if you go to Andrea, andreadanielsvoice.com, so andreadanielsvoice.com, you can hear some of her promos and some of her commercials and work that she's done. Um, so we talked about, you know, how you got into voiceover. We talked about, 
um, you know, some of the nuances. And, and then we started riffing on different kinds of voices and stuff. Talked mm-hmm. about the projects. Um, what kind of advice would you uh, give a, a voiceover artist who's, uh, you know, new to this industry and they want to kind of get their feet wet? New to the industry and get your feet wet. Um, what you want to do is practice, practice, practice. And there are there are basically um, three areas that you want to become known with. You want to know these p- three particular areas. That's the craft of the industry. And that would be, you know, the, the script interpretation, the delivery, where, where you want your voice to settle so that you give your delivery right. So that takes reading out loud, practicing every day, several times a day. And you can read anything. When I was a little girl, for whatever reason, I loved reading out loud. <clears throat> it could be the backs of toothpaste tubes. It could be oh, cereal. Wow. Boxes. It could be cereal boxes. My dad got Psychology Today magazine. I would sit and read Psychology Today magazine out loud, and that's a practice that I have carried on through to this day. I still read stuff out loud because you want to be able to. Um, get things flowing smoothly. You want to be fluent in your delivery. You want to lessen the, the possibility of, of um, making mistakes, bumps, um, you know, not reading the word that's there because the, the eyes do funny things. Mm-hmm. You can, can be reading something and you say a word that's not even there because that's what your eyes saw. And the director, if you're doing that in a read, an actual read, the director will stop you and say, well, you know, you missed a word. Because your eyes saw something else. So you want to train your eyes. You want to train your voice to be able to deliver properly. Um, so reading out loud is uh, is a thing you want to do every day. There is There are also uh, exercises that you can do. You can do tongue, tongue twisters. There is a gentleman that I, that was my coach for a while, a, a gentleman named Rodney Salisbury. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter. Yep, yep. Yeah, Rodney was my coach for a while. You know, he has this book about well called uh, tongue tongue twisters and he's got all kinds of tongue twisters in there and what tongue twisters do is it helps to exercise your tongue it helps to exercise your mouth to be able to deliver to deliver things fluently um, and that that is very important and the other area that you want to get to know is the business of being a voiceover artist because it like I mentioned earlier it is a business so you want to set yourself up as a business entity like you're gonna, are you gonna be an LLC? Are you gonna be a DBA doing business as? Are you gonna name, call your business after your name, or are you gonna create a business name with that? Um, you're gonna need a tax ID number because we gotta pay our taxes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those, those are the things that you want to be able to know about running a business as a voiceover artist. And then the other area is the the mechanics or the technical end of being a voiceover artist. And that is working and learning your digital audio workstation, your DAW. It's and they're all kinds of like I mentioned, that's that's audacity. That's your what you process your your voice through, you record into it, you can edit, you edit with it. And that particular area is particular is is some is new to me. Because like I said, as, as over the years, I always went out to outside um, outside studio. So I never had to worry about the engineering and the editing part of it. Never until recently. So I just, I just started learning, um, self-engineering and, and editing last year. 
So you go, that's an area that voiceover artists are going to have to know because we, we do we do it all. You know, unless you are necessarily with an agency that takes care of it for you, you still have to do it yourself through if you're going to audition, because there's a lot of auditioning that goes on with with, uh, being a voiceover artist. And you generally audition at home in your home studio. You process it and you send it out. So you have to know all of those skills. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's quite a that's quite a handful. Um, uh, Andrea, can you give us your uh, social media information and how they can find you on the interwebs? Yep. So you mentioned my website, andreadanielsvoice.com. I am on LinkedIn as Andrea and it's in parentheses A-N-D-I, which is my nickname, Andy. And then my last name, Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L. I am on Instagram as Andrea D. Two, three, four, seven. I am on Facebook as Andrea Daniel, and I'm. You can find me on Twitter as well as Andrea Daniel. I, I am. Yep. So I'm on all over the place. <laughs> Andrea, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you. I so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Yo, family, what's going on with you? I hope y'all dug that interview. This is Jonathan Soul speak with you now. I want you to support my brothers and sisters by following them on social media and going to their website and picking up their product so we can stop focusing so much on issues and start focusing on building industry. For more episodes, go to JonathanSoul.com, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-S-O-U-L.com. And of course, I'm on social media. I'm on uh, it's Jonathan Soul at Twitter, Instagram, uh, Tumblr, uh, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on uh, SoundCloud, and um, I'm over at uh, Black Spot as well, that terrific Facebook competitor. Listen, family, I love you guys, and I want all your dreams to come true. And my dreams can't come true without you, and yours can't come true without me. So let's support each other, and let's build this thing together. I love you guys. Peace and love to you and your family. Till next time. Do you want to sharpen your writing craft and start earning more money from your words? How about enriching your craft even further with scintillating insights from celebrated pop culture, political, and Afrocentric commentators? Well, you're in the perfect place with me, the Sinister Minister Faust, on my podcast, MF Galaxy. Find it on all the places you find podcasts and patreon.com slash MF Galaxy for all the bonus content. MF Galaxy, what will you discover?